What is up, lovely people of the world? This is your girl, Lisa G, and I'm back once again with Four Entertainment, where all your entertainment needs are met in one place, one area, one time, and one vicinity. I hope everyone has had a wonderful week, a wonderful weekend. Sadly, it is coming to an end. Oh, we got work tomorrow, but hey, let's at least finish it strong. Um, here is some new music uh, by Lizzo featuring Missy Elliott called Tempo. Stay with me. We are going to get into some wonderful topics today. Y'all don't even know. Let's go. I've been waiting for this one. Turn it up. Slow songs, they for skinny hoes. Can't move all of this here to one of those. I'm a thick bitch. I need tempo. tempo. Fuck it up to the tempo. Pity pat, pity pat, pity, pity pat. pat. Look at my ass, it's fitty, fitty fat. Pat. Kitty cat, kitty cat, kitty, kitty cat. Pour me a glass, boy, I like my water wet. What? Catch that. I need a jack for all of this ass, but it won't go flat. Baby, baby, come eat some of this cake. He look like he could gain a little weight. Lick the icing off, put the rest in your face. Slow songs, they for skinny hoes. Can't move all of this here to one of those. I'm a thick bitch, I need tempo. Fuck it up to the tempo. Fuck it up to the tempo. Fuck it up to the tempo. Slow songs, they for skinny hoes. Fuck it up to the tempo. tempo. Fuck it up. Fuck it up. Boyfriend watching. Oh, now you wanna knuckle up. Get on this ride, baby. You gon' have to buckle up. Thick thighs, safe flies. Call me little buttercup. All means necessary. My ass is not an accessory. Yeah, I said it. Accessory. Twerk skills up on legendary. Slow songs, they for skinny hoes. Can't move all of this here to one of those. I'm a thick bitch. I need tempo. Fuck it up to the tempo. Fuck it up to the tempo. Fuck it up to the tempo. Slow songs in the skinny house. Fuck it up to the tempo. Let's go. Let's go. All the fly girls dancing to the dance floor. Kitty cat, kitty cat. Brrr. All the thick girls down on the floor. Ice on my neck like brrr. I'm big bone with nice curves. Look at me, I know I look good. Look good, look good, look good. I'ma show y'all chicks how to do That's the truth. Um, <laughs> sorry. Again, it, like, things just want to play out of time, out of space. Let me get my headphones on. One is, I think, broken. I don't know. All right. What is good, people? What is good? Once again, if you are just now joining me, this is For Entertainment, and I am your girl, Lisa G, and I am back with some information some shows are in the works some shows are leaving and some shows are staying um so the first part for those of you who do pay attention you do follow i always start off with some tv news um and the first one up is drake bell if you remember 90s kids 2000 kid you know early 2000s um, Drake Bell says Drake and Josh reboot is in the works and they have great ideas. Now, for those of you who do remember Drake, uh, Drake and Josh, um, have kind of been a little rocky and then they finally kind of got their shit together. Friendship wise. Um, of course, like when you do a show together, as long as they did, you think they'd be friends, but I think some, I don't know what the, exactly what happened. 
but something had happened. Um, but now they're all fine and dandy. Look at that. Um, so according to yahoo.com slash entertainment, it's taken some time to realize, um, but Drake and Josh may be headed back to TV at Thursday's iHeartRadio Music Awards. Drake Bell teased that a reboot of the Nickelodeon sitcom is in the works and will feature himself and co-star Josh Peck. They quote, we are working on something. The magician, the magician, the musician and actor said, I'm excited. I think we have a great idea. According to people which featured uh, reports about the situation, Bell and Peck are in talks with several networks about the project with a source said will be more adult and really funny. The show is going to be way more creative, way cooler than just, you know, the college years or something like that. Bell continued, um, we knew that if we were going to ever come back, it's going to do something cool. And I'm excited to see what the fans think. Now, Drake and Josh followed Bell and Peck as stepbrothers with clashing personalities as they try to navigate their new life together with many com- comedic misadventures along the way. And their sister, Megan, you can't forget about her. Um, the show aired on Nickelodeon from 2004 to 2007 and proved popular among viewers, making stars out of the leads in Miranda Crossgrove, who played the pair's mischievous young sister. The duo had a brief falling out, as I just stated, um, when Belle was not invited to Peck's wedding in 2017, but quickly made up afterwards. I think it was something a lot deeper than that, just not getting wed to the wedding. Just saying. So keep your eyes out if you are fans of Drake and Josh. I have a feeling they'll be coming back stronger than ever. Now, if you are not a fan of the show, first off, shame on you because it's so goddamn good. Um, but sadly, if you are fans of the show, it is coming to an end. That is Shit's Creek is sadly ending after its upcoming sixth season. And it's so sad because I just got into this and I'm so sad and I'm so mad at myself for waiting so long because it's so good. It's on Netflix if you want to check it out. They're literally, every season's only 13 episodes. So they're nice and short. They're not very long. They're only 20 minutes. Um, and it's just so fucking funny. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, but according to BuzzFeed News, Shit's Creek, the Canadian comedy that has found a, lead, a legion of new fans in the last few years, will end after its upcoming sixth season. The cast and creators announced Thursday. Co-creator Daniel and Eugene Levy said on Twitter that Shit's Creek would be renewed for another season after its current season five but that it would be it for the Rose family. John, who's Eugene Levy, Moira, who's Catherine O'Hara, David, who's Dan Levy, and Alexis, who's Annie Murphy. Um, they quote, we are grateful to have been given the time and creative freedom to tell the story in its totality, concluding with a final chapter that would have envisioned from the very beginning. Daniel and Eugene Levy wrote in a statement, it's not lost on us that we're a rare privilege in its industry to get decided when your show should take its final bow, which is very true. Um, it's so sad, because it's so goddamn funny. Uh, the fifth season of the show is scheduled to continue to air on CBC in Canada, and Canada and Pop TV in the United States until April 9th. Season six, which isn't even in production yet, will end sometime in 2020. We can never have dreamed that our fans would grow to love and care about these characters in the ways that you have. The statement said, we are excited to be in shooting the last 14 episodes and can't thank you enough for the overwhelming generosity and love we have shown. So sadly, that is ending and uh, sucks, but hey, you know what? They're going to go out on their own terms, which is kind of cool. Not a lot of shows can do that or can even say that they did that. Um but moving on to a show that's staking around, one that I think a lot of people did not see coming, and that is The Connors. Yes, The Connors on ABC, which is the spinoff show of Roseanne, uh, because Roseanne fucked up and opened her big mouth. She just kept it quiet. She would have been fine. Um, but the Connors has officially been renewed for season two at ABC. According to Variety.com, ABC has renewed the highest rated new show, The Connors, for a second season. And the show's star include John Goodman, Sarah Gilbert, Leslie Gorson, Amos uh, McNamara, and Lori McCaff are set to return to Lanford after several of them signed a new deal with the network on Thursday. They quote, we are proud to continue the story of the iconic Connor family, said ABC Entertainment President Carrie Burke in a statement. This team is fearless in their willingness to tackle contemporary issues with humor and heart, and I have no doubt that they'll continue to outdo themselves. 
The comedy's freshman season achieved average of 9.5 million total viewers per episode and 2.2 rating in the key 1849 demo. The show's debut, (laughs) pretty much just, you know, shot off Roseanne. They killed her. Um, Has been pretty much popular. And you know what? I've, I've watched it. I watched the season. And it's a cute show. I mean... I grew up on Roseanne, so I grew up on Roseanne, Home Improvement, Frasier, all that stuff. So I used to enjoy Roseanne, and I did like the reboot. But we'll just have to see where this one goes, because you really never know. But hey, it's here. Okay, moving on to my last bit of TV news. I don't have a lot today. Um, But, you know, it can be a short show. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, get some music in, get some information in real quick, and then we're done. Look at that. And y'all can stop hearing me talk for a good minute because <laughs> I know you missed me. Now, moving on to another show that is leaving us but has been around for a long, long time. Um, <laughs> it seems like it's been on for a lot longer than it, they say. Supernatural is set to end with season 15. According to Entertainment Weekly and a few other news outlets, It is almost the end of the road for Sam and Dean. The CW has announced that Supernatural's 15th season will be its last. Supernatural, which premiered in 2005, tells the story of Sam and Dean Winchester, two brothers who lost their mothers when they were young and whose father raised them to go into the family business. That business, saving people and hunting things. For years, Supernatural fans have watched Sam and Dean battle everything from the white woman that started it all to death himself. A long way... Mm-hmm. Along the way, the series gained a loyal following that helped it become the longest-running sci-fi genre series in the history of American broadcast television. Yeah, that is true. It's been on for a long time. This It's for sure the longest-running um, show on the CW, for sure. Um, now, this is a message that they wanted to send out to the fans um, of the show. Speed. Hey guys, uh, Jared, Jensen, and Misha here, and we have some big news big that news. we wanted y'all to hear from us. Um, we just told the crew uh, that uh, that though we're very, very excited about moving into our 15th season, mm-hmm. um, it will be our last. Um, 15 years of a show that has certainly changed my life. I know it's changed these two guys' yeah. life. Uh, and, and you, we just wanted to wanted you to hear from us yeah. that, um, that though we're excited uh, about next year, um, it, it, will be, uh, it will be the finale, yeah. the big grand finale of yeah. an institution. Yeah, we've cried some tears and we'll cry some more. Um, but, but we're, we're going to save the emotion for next season. Grateful <laughs> yeah. and we'll we, work all the emotion into next season. We talked about this in advance. We're like, let's not get emotional about it. Let's just try to be cool. And He's and hanging on for dear life, I know. Yeah. We yeah. love you guys and this family is not going anywhere, even though the show will come to an end. I will say this, uh, a little word from Mr. Eric Kripke, the creator of this world and these characters, that uh, in a show about family, it is amazing and it is the pride of his life that it became family so thank you guys for that thank you oh how sad it's ending now i've never was really um a fan of supernatural but you know i gotta respect the guys they they were on for a long time and their ratings have always been one of the steadiest of the brand now i believe you can just catch up if you've never watched supernatural or you're behind on supernatural or you kind of fell off and want to get back into it i believe it's still on netflix so you can have a long long ass binging session um provided by netflix if you want to check it out so now that is it for my tv news so um we're going to take a quick break with anderson pack's new song from his new album king james and this is a live um from the live lounge on bbc radio um, so check it out. Stay with me. We're going to talk about some celebrity gossip. What did Barbara Streisand say? What is going on with Warner Brothers um, president? Ooh, and some other dirt. Stay tuned, and I'll talk to y'all in a minute. We've been moved around in a 
If they build a wall, let's jump the fence. I'm over this. Cold stairs can never put the fear in me. What we built here is godly. They can't gentrify the heart of kings. Let's just not talk about it. If I make a move, you coming with me. video you made it to the end so that's a good sign you can check out similar videos by clicking the links on screen all right <laughs> so you have officially exited bbc radio now you're back to me yay all right <laughs> we try and fade out of this british accent it usually takes a second all right now i'm back hopefully <laughs> it'll fade back in somehow all right moving on welcome back uh once again if you're just now joining this is for entertainment and i'm your Alicia g we are getting into some celebrity gossip. Yes. Now, once again, I don't have a lot, which is fine. It's cool. You know, we're going to keep this simple. We're going to keep it pushing. Um, so let's get into some some fuckery, some uh, stupidness, el stupido um, situations with the person that we have to call, so-called called the president, um, dum-dum. Um, has decided to threaten SNL with a federal investigation for mocking him. Mmm, boo. Um, oh, Jesus. According to Entertainment Weekly, uh, Donald Trump is taking his fixation with Saturday Night Live to a new level. The person tweeted in early Sunday morning hours a, to a threat to have the NBC late night comedian series, comedian comedy series investigated by federal agencies. The offense? Mocking him. Oh, boo. <laughs> it's truly incredible that the shows like Saturday Night Live, not funny slash no talent, can spend all their time knocking the same person, me, over and over, without so much of a mention of the other side. Uh, the president wrote like in an advertisement without consequences. So, same with late night shows. Should Federal Election Commission and or FCC look into this? There must be collusion with the Democrats and, of course, Russia. <laughs> Such one-sided media coverage. Most of it fake news. 
Hard to believe I won and I'm winning. Approval rating 52%, 93% with Republicans. Sorry. Hashtag MAGA. gonna get through this okay oddly snl didn't even air a new episode last night but rather a repeat that featured at least one trump sketch uh with alec baldwin reprising his role as trump of course entertainment programming mocking newsworthy figures is protected as free speech trump seems to be referring to the equal time rule which mandates the u.s broadcast tv stations give equal airtime opportunities to opposing political candidates in prime time if requested but trump is president not a candidate, and SNL is in late night, and again, parody. There's also FCC's fairness doctrine, a regulation that required networks to give balanced coverage um, to matters of public controversy. The FCC eliminated the policy in 1987. Trump has long slammed SNL show hostly toward mockery in general, and it's known to hardly ever laugh. I've never seen him laugh, not in public, not in private, former FBI director James Comey told ABC. Trump's former advisor, Roger Stone, has said Trump decided to run for president in 2011 after President Obama mocked him at the White House Correspondence Center <laughs> in an annual celebration and the roast that Trump was refused to attend as president. Like, really? Really? I just, I just don't get it. Like, first off, sir... They mock everyone. They've done it for years. They did it with Hillary Clinton for God knows how long. They've done it with George W. Bush. They've done it with Obama. They've done it with every sitting president. You are not an exception. They've done it with the Democrats. They've done it with the Republicans. They do it with fucking everybody. If it's funny and they made the news, they gonna do it. Now, it's not their fault that your ass just seems to be popular for every goddamn second of the goddamn time. So that's what they're going to make fun of because that's what happens. If you cannot handle a joke, why? Are... Oh, my God. I'm just going to move on. There's no... I, don't... I can't with this, this stupidness. All right, <clears throat> moving on. Mm-hmm. I'm going to apologize for mispronouncing this gentleman's name. I apologize now. Kevin Tushihara um, is officially out as Warner Brothers' chief amid sexual impropriety scandal. Okay, men of the world, keep your dick in your pants. This is a difficult. I like. Can you not find a woman that wants you? I feel like a lot of these people can pay for a woman to at least touch you somehow, whether it's physically, mentally, or soulfully. Like, you can you can find your ways. You do not need to do this to people that don't want it. Jesus. Like, oh, God. According to Variety.com, Kevin Tushihara has resigned his post as chairman and CEO of Warner Brothers following an investigation into his relationship with actress Charlotte Kirk and allegations he used his clout to help her find work at the studio. Okay, first off, okay, pause. Pause, pause, pause. This is literally any actress or actor in the business now. They have had help getting started. They have had People use what they know and who they know to get them where they go. Not saying that the actors and actresses did or did not deserve it, but this is literally how the entertainment industry has worked. You know somebody that knows somebody that can get you somewhere. If he's dating an actress, don't you think he's going to try and help this bitch get some like auditions? Like this, this isn't a... <laughs> okay, I'm going to continue. <clears throat> Sorry. In a statement, Tushihara said he realized my continued leadership could be a distraction and an obstacle to the company's continued success. Warner Brothers, a parent Warren Media, said the company would unveil an interim leadership team on Tuesday. It is in the best interest of Warner Media and Warner Brothers, our employees and our partners, to, for Kevin to step down as chairman and CEO of Warner Brothers 
said Warner Media CEO John Stanky. Kevin has contributed greatly to the studio's success over the past 25 years, and for that we thank him. Kevin acknowledged that his mistakes are inconsistent with the company's leadership expectations and could impact the company's ability to ex- execute going forward. Warner Brothers Media said its investigation into allegations of misconduct against Toshihara is continuing with his cooperation. Stanky, in a memo to Warner Media staffers, vowed to try to, to limit the disruption from the abrupt leadership shift for employees. So pretty much because he helped out his girl, he in trouble. <clears throat> I find that very, very interesting. Because there's not many. The good thing is he's he's taking his time and he's kind of with them on it. They're like, you know what? I realize I'm kind of doing something I shouldn't be doing. So I'm just going to back the truck up before I get in real trouble. Now to continue with the situation. According to Hollywood Reporter, powerful friends after Kevin Tushihara and more executives pushed to cast actress Charlotte Kirk, the scandal that has engulfed the Warner Brothers CEO intersects with many powerful men in high-profile projects, including Millennial Chief A.V. Lernan and upcoming Hellboy remake. As filmmaker Brett Ratner grappled with actress Cheryl Cook's increasing urgent demands for movie roles, he at one point texted, You know A.V.? Go bother A.V.? The reference was to A.V. Lerner, the 71-year-old founder and CEO of Millennial Films, who confirms the Hollywood Reporter that he indeed knows Kirk. Seemingly with a push from Ratner, Lerner has worked unsuccessfully for the two-plus years to help the aspiring 26-year-old British actor secure roles in movies produced by his company, including a female-fronted version of The Expendables that never got made, and Chuck, a 2016 box drama starring Levy Sherbert. Um... Sources say Lerner's most focused effort to include Kirk in the upcoming Hellboy was resisted by the film's producer who refused to cast her. A Millennium spokesperson didn't uh, respond to a request for comment. The campaign to put Kirk in movies came as the actress had become a serious problem from Warner Brothers chairman uh, Kevin Tushihara. As reported by The Hollywood Reporter, after the married Tushihara started an affair. Oh, now we really digging in deeper. Okay. He started an affair with Kirk in September 2013. She pressured him to help her find roles. Tushihara set up introductions on on her behalf, and she secured small parts in two Warner Brothers films, How to Be Single, from the studio's New Line label, and Ocean's 8. Tushihara's lawyer says his client played no direct role in Kirk's hiring. Hmm. In a March 8th letter, Tushihara apologized to Warner Brothers staff for mistakes in personal life. And okay, okay, now we're finding out a little bit more. So, from the sound of it, she was blackmailing his ass to keep him quiet to put her in movies. That's literally what, that's that's what that sounds like. If it, you know, what is that saying? If it sounds like a duck and it looks like a duck, it's most likely a duck. And I feel, as an actor myself, um, I mean, I understand it. If you can help, if you know someone that can help you try and get you at least in the room, great. But if you are causing problems in the room and you're not as good when you're in the room, that's when it becomes a problem. And that's why that's, this is what this situation sounds like. Pretty much she couldn't do anything when she got put in front of these people and she used what, who she knew and fucked up her life. That's really it. Boom. Boom! Now, there's not much else coming from the situation, but uh, I have a feeling something else will pop off, but we'll have to seek. We'll have to seek. We'll have to see. (laughs) Now, apparently, um, Kirk is actually set to star in the... uh, Her and Boris Kojo are set to star in Nicole and and OJ, a film that uh, talks about the whole murder and situation. So hmm. we got to see about that one. We got to see moving on um, <laughs> to some more bullshit. Now, according to the Hollywood reporter, once again, white actors are suing Hamilton for discrimination. Supreme court hearings warning um, in a petition asking the high court to tackle a $10, 10, excuse me, $10, $10 billion case. Charter asserts a First Amendment right to include racial consideration among the factors it elevates in determining the program to carry. 
Is Hamilton creator Lin-Manuel at risk for being sued by only casting African-Americans in the role of George Washington in the award-winning musical? According to the new petition before the Supreme Court, he's very well might be. Charter Communications, one of the biggest cable operators in the nation, is now telling the Supreme Court that if a recent Ninth Circuit ruling is left in place, white actors could attack Miranda's uh, magna opus with valuable discrimination suits. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, Charter itself a face, is facing a discrimination challenge over its refusal to make any good offer to carry networks owned by Brian Allen's Entertainment Studios Network. With $10 billion in claim damages, the plaintiff has survived both a motion to dismiss and um, subsequent review from the Ninth Circuit. Now, Charter has turned to a legal heavyweight in a bid uh, to get the Supreme Court to intervene. The cable company is being represented by Kirkland and Ellis' partner, Paul Clement, who has formerly the solicitor for, gen- for general in the George Washington, oh my God, I can't talk, and general in the George W. Bush administration. The first pertains to standard and discrimination suits. Much plaintiffs show that racial amnesty was motivating cause of conduct or getaway with merely demonstrating discriminate- discriminatory intent as a factor. It is a question that has attracted the attention of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, which says the case threatens to disrupt employment discrimination law by subject by subjecting companies to the tough task of proving that racism wasn't the reason for hiring or, or firing decisions. Hmm. Okay. I'm just saying. As someone in entertainment, and as someone who has studied entertainment, when it comes to casting, you anyone can audition. There, there, there's a big difference. Anyone can audition. However, if a specific character, they want a specific character to be, okay, here's a, here's a perfect example. Mulan. They are making sure to only cast Asian Americans in that movie. That is specifically because Mulan is from China. And if you hired, I don't know, a black actress to play Mulan, it would look stupid, one. Two, that would be a bigger cause, an uproar of race issues and, oh, sweet Jesus. It just doesn't make sense. Entertainment has always done that. Now, of course, we have the issues of back in the day when people would do full-body blackface and would do yellow face and would do brown face and only white actors would play them. Yes, that was an issue. However... Now we are in a modern time to where everyone you can ask if you, if I'm specifically casting, I want a black actress for this role. I want a white actress for this role. I want a a Latino actress for this role. Anyone can come in for those roles, but if you're casting specifically a black person, you can't really say that's racist because it's the casting. It's the story that they're trying to tell. Now with Hamilton, Hamilton, yes, is based on, huge important figures for this country specifically however Lin-Manuel is may has made them diverse based on the simple fact that there's not many roles for those diverse people and he's showing that America is full of diverse people and it's not just the white guys that we all remember and plus let's be honest how many white guys you want to see rap that shit Mm. <laughs> so the fact that actors are suing Hamilton for discrimination, this isn't the first time I've heard this either, because when I auditioned for Hamilton, the tour, they, I saw signs, I saw notifications of a lot of white actors getting mad because they said in their, um, casting calls, um, only African-American Latino, like not only non-white actors can audition. Now, that's where they kind of got a little bit in trouble and they fixed it. But if you have seen the show Hamilton, you can understand why. He's not, he has casted white actors. He casts the dancers are white. There's a few characters in there that are white. Like, I don't know why you just can't be fucking happy with that bullshit. So we're, I'm going to have to keep an eye on this because right now from the looks of it, because race is such a big issue as of late, even though it's always been an issue. Um, 
I we I have a feeling that this is this definitely is not going to end. So we'll just keep an eye on it. We'll see what happens. Now, <clears throat> moving on, Barbara Streisand. Uh, Barbara, what did you do? Um, <laughs> Barbara Streisand clarifies her Michael Jackson remarks after backlash, and she says, "I feel nothing but sympathy sympathy for them." Now, Barbara Streisand is not the only um, person that has also come out for Michael. Diana Ross also did too. Now, I literally was just asking my mom this. I'm like, I wonder what Diana Ross thinks. Because Diana Ross and Michael Jackson were very, 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 very close. And she's going to, and she has a whole bunch of kids, a whole bunch of, a gang of kids. So I was wondering what she was going to say. And she pretty much just said, she didn't say much. She just pretty much showed her support for Michael. Now, according to Variety.com, Barbara Streisand has released a statement clarifying remarks she made about the recent allegations of underage sexual abuse about, or excuse me, against Michael Jackson. She states, to be crystal clear, there is no situation or circumstance where it is okay for the innocence of children to be taken advantage of by anyone. The statement reads, the stories these two young men shared were painful to hear and I feel nothing but sympathy for them. The single most important role of being a parent is to protect their children. It's clear the parents of two, two young men were also victimized and seduced by fame and fantasy. Streisand also posted an apology to Instagram, stating, I am profoundly sorry for any pain or misunderstanding I caused by not choosing my words more carefully about Michael Jackson and his victims, because the words as printed do not reflect my true feelings. I didn't mean to dismiss the trauma these boys experienced. I feel deep remorse and hope James and Wade know that I truly respect and admire them for speaking their truth. Concluded. Um, Streisand had made comments to the Times in the UK ahead of her July concert at London Hyde Park saying that she believes Wade Robinson and James Safechuck, who, who allege in the HBO documentary Leaving Neverland that they were abused by Jackson as children. Oh, absolutely. She said in the interview, that was too painful. Streisand said the occasion she met Jackson, he was very sweet, very childlike, but despite the material being painful to watch, she seemed to have some sympathy for the late pop star. His sexual needs were his sexual needs, coming from whatever childhood he has or whatever DNA he has, she told the Times. You can say molested, but those children, as you heard them say, the grown-up Robinson and Safeway, they were thrilled to be there. The boy... <laughs> Sorry. They both married, and they both have children, so it didn't kill them. Damn, Barbara! She just said, eh, if it did happen, it didn't kill them, right? They fine. They got kids. They married. <laughs> That's harsh. Oof. Barbara. Make me clutch my pearls with that statement. Yeah, you might need to apologize for that one. Oh, girl. Yeah, no. No, 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 no. Y'all already know how I feel about it. Michael's been dead for 10 years once again. He cannot speak for himself. He has been proven innocent on this beforehand on 10 counts. And he has also, there have been people that have proven to have lied about the situation. And this is a very one-sided story. And there's plenty of other, (coughs) excuse me, there's plenty of other actors and singers such as Elvis Presley that have gone off that have gone after young people young kids and there's been evidence of it but i don't know if this is just because michael's black even though he didn't look it um or what but you already know so yeah she was definitely wrong as fuck for saying that that was so bad didn't kill him it's fine (laughs) barbara okay stay tuned with me i'll be back I got some new music from Mario. I know we haven't heard, you know, uh, I totally forgot the song. It's in my head and I'm dancing to it, but I forgot the song. Uh, Mario's back with a new song called Care For You. Um, You can check it out on YouTube right now. It's out and it's already gotten a million views. So here is Mario, I care for you. Stay with me because we're going to talk about some movie news in a minute and we're going to have some fun. We're going to finish this out strong. All right. Talk to you Can a man be so blind That this vision can't be mine Cause the shore won't draw the line When water rides in with the tide And for once I am drifting 
If y'all know me, you know I am quite weird. And this is one of the things I do. Hmm. All right. <coughs> All right. So we have officially made it through some TV news, some celebrity gossip. Now it's time to get into one of my favorites. We got some movie news, people. And I was able to check out an early screening of Shazam this past uh, yesterday. So we're going to get into that and how I feel about it before it even hits the tours. So y'all, it, I'll let y'all know if you should waste your money if you shouldn't. Mm. But you're going to have to wait until after this information. <laughs> gotcha. Moving on. Start us off right, Forrest Gump. Yes, run, Forrest, run. <laughs> um, Forrest Gump is heading to Bollywood um, remake is officially in the works. According to La Singh Chada, uh, would be top-lined by Amari Khan and co-produced by his banner along with Viacom India's film unit and will begin filming later this year. Indian superstar Amari Khan will star in the Bollywood remake of the Tom Hanks starring Oscar-winning classic Forrest Gump. The Hindi-language film will be entitled La Singh... Nope, not going to try that. And will star Khan in the lead role. It will be directed by... Um, Advait Shandin, uh, who helmed the actor's 2017 musical drama Secret Superstar. Um, La Singh Chala will be produced by the actor's banner Amiri Khan, along with Viacom's Indian film unit, Viacom 18 Motion Pictures. Um, yeah, the project was unveiled Thursday on Khan's 54th birthday at a media event in Mumbai, 
We have brought the rights from Paramount. Khan told reporters, adding, I have always loved Forrest Gump as a script, and it is a wonderful story about this character. It is a life. It is a feel-good film. And it is a film for the whole family. Khan has also said the shoot would start from October. Directed by Robert Zeminski, the 1994 film was a critical and commercial hit, winning six Oscars, including for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor for Hanks. The film was based on Winston Groom's 1986 novel of the same name. Khan recently starred in the big-budget historical drama Thugs of Hindustan, which also featured Bollywood icon Amitabha Bakhtin and Katrine Kaif in a career spanning over three decades. Khan has starred in some of Bollywood's biggest hits, including such recent titles as the wrestling drama Dango, which also set records in China. Now, the reason I'm talking about this is because Bollywood is still, even though um, it might not be huge in America, it's huge in movies. Bollywood is huge. Bollywood is its own life. It's its own universe. It's so big. Um, and that's a, that's pretty big news, the fact that they're remaking it. I'm actually kind of interested to, to watch it. I might not understand the language, but I think that would be kind of cool to watch. Mm-hmm. All right, so we can talk about Captain Marvel and how she conquered the box office um, with her arrival uh, with $69 million. According to Variety.com, newcomers were no match for Disney's Captain Marvel at the domestic box office. The superhero blockbuster soared past competition, bringing $69 million in its second week of release. Star Brie Larson's Marvel's first comic book tentpole to spotlight a human, human, a female superhero has now surpassed $265 million in ticket sales domestically. Its second week then declined of 55% in Kim, like compared to Avengers Infinity War at this pace. Captain Marvel should easily join the $1 billion club. Overseas Captain Marvel has already crossed $494 million for a massive global haul of $760 million. In less than two weeks, Captain Marvel has, an, has eclipsed the lifetime sum of numerous superhero adventures, including Ant-Man and the Wasp, Iron Man 2, Thor Dark World, and Captain America Winter Soldier. It already, it's already the 22nd biggest comic book release ever. Um, so good for Captain, but we all know that's going to go downhill as soon as Avengers hits us in the heart. Um, <laughs> cause you know, it's going to hit us in the heart. Um, yeah, it, yeah, that's it. That's all I can really tell you. Captain Marvel was good. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I know a lot of people had mixed reviews about it, but I think it did what it needed to do, and I'm excited to see her in Infinity Wars and see what she's going to bring to the table now that we know her power. And also, if, she's, if we're going to find out anything about the second Captain Marvel, because you know there should be a second Captain Marvel, and if we're going to figure out if the Krill are the good guys or are they still are they going to be turning into the bad guys soon. So I'm interested. Let's see what happens. <coughs> Excuse me, <clears throat> moving on the once upon a time in hollywood poster is officially set along with the once upon a time trailer has officially hit and it's brad pitt and leonardo dicaprio image of your dreams leonardo looking as good as ever and brad pitt looking as old as ever man yeah he's looking old but he's still looking good you know just Okay. Um, according to Esquire.com, under normal circumstances, anticipation for a new Quentin Tarantino movie would be pretty intense, but when it comes to an ensemble cast, Tarantino has outdone himself with his upcoming Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which includes some names like Margaret Robbie, Burt Reynolds, Timothy Oliphant, Michael Madison, Tim Roth, Damian Lewis, Luke Perry, Emily Hertz, Dakota Fanning, Clifton Collins, Keith Jefferson, Nicholas Hammond, James Martin, Julia Butters, and Scotty McNary. Oh, and also a couple of gentlemen named Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio. So let's just say expectations are out of control for this movie. And today, DiCaprio shared the first poster for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And he's just looking as suave as ever. Um, DiCaprio are playing a fading former Western TV star named Rick Dalton and Pitt in his longtime stunt double, Cliff Booth. The film is loosely based around the 1969 murder of Sharon Tate, played by Margaret Robbie, as Tarantino said about the film in a statement. Both are struggling to make it in Hollywood. They don't recognize anymore, but Rick has a very famous next-door neighbor, Sharon Tate. I've been working on this script for five years, as well as living in Los Angeles County most of my life, including 1969. When I was seven years old, I'm very excited to tell the story of L.A. and Hollywood that doesn't exist anymore, and I could be happier about the dynamic team of DiCaprio and Pitt. So 
Let's get ready for it. I watched the trailer for a quick second, and it does look pretty. It looks pretty interesting. It, it looks a little different, too, from how he usually does this movie. Um, still, one of my favorites will always be Django Unchained, so let's see if we can do it. Moving on to some news, but I'm going to let the Hollywood Reporter talk about it. If it plays. Stallions! The wild stallions are ready to rock on once more. Excellent! Bill and Ted Face the Music has begun production 30 years after Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter first introduced the world to time-traveling rockers Ted Theodore Logan and Bill S. Preston Esquire. Face the Music will pick up with the now middle-aged best friends as they meet a visitor from the future who warns them only their song can save life as we know it and bring harmony to the universe. Back in 1989, Reeves and Winter broke out thanks to Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, which was directed by Stephen Herrick and centered on two lovable slacker teens who travel through time with the help of a phone booth. It became a surprise hit and a cultural touchstone, and was followed by Bill and Ted's bogus journey in 1991, as well as an animated series. Apparently, Face the Music has been a passion project for both stars for years, with Reeves and Winter often talking about their hopes for a third installment in interviews. The project, which will also feature the duo's kids, finally became a reality last summer when it was shopped at the Cannes Film Festival. Original creators Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon penned the script for Face the Music with Galaxy Quest Dean Parasot directing. It's set to be released on August 21st of 2020. Ted, what? I have a feeling we're about to embark upon a most unprecedented expedition. For more on the most excellent sequel, head to THR.com. Until next time, for The Hollywood Reporter News, I'm Jordan Rowling. Yep, and that's all you need to know. Ted and Excellent are coming back. So good for them. (laughs) So if you're fans of this super stupid movie, it's back. It will never leave. All right, moving on to one of my last bits of TV news. Actually, sorry. That was it for my official movie news, so stuff that's coming out. This is for uh, the official box office report from this weekend, and that always has to do with the talented Jordan Peele and his us has officially taken over the top spot in the box office with 70.3 million debut, which is, um, if I remember correctly, they said it's two times higher than his last, than get up. Um, according to, uh, the Huffington post.com, Jordan Peele has done it again. Two years after the filmmakers get out became a box office sensation. His frightening follow-up us debuted with 70.3 million in ticket sales, according to estimates Sunday, U.S. took over U.S. <laughs> Us took over the top spot at the box office for Cap from Captain Marvel, which regained for two weeks. Marvel Studios superhero release slid down to second place with 35 million in its third week. But all eyes were on Peel in anticipation of his sophomore effort. In today's franchise-driven movie world, seldom has young director been such a draw for moviegoers. Get Out opened with $33.4 million domestically before grossing $255.4 million on a $4.5 million budget. Us costs only $20 million to make, meaning it's already a huge hit for Peel and Universe. So congrats to him on that. Ooh-ooh. Yep, so good for him on that. Moving on to what is coming out in theaters before I finish off. Um, movies that are out right now, you can check out Us. Uh, which is what we just talked about. You also have um, Dragged Across Concrete. You have Out of the Blue, Maze, Trading Point, Ramen Shop, which is um, an anime-style film. You have Wheelie, Lost and Found, and you have Aftermath, which is the World War, um, I believe it's two, um, style movie. Um, not much else is out. Um, you can always check out Mustang and Nancy Drew. Those have been out for a little bit now. Now, movies coming soon. To finish off this week, we have, of course, Dumbo. That's the biggest one. Making Babies, Unplanned, um, <coughs> excuse me, and The Brink. Not much, but the big one is Dumbo, of course. Moving on to we are finally hitting our big time month, April. Game of Thrones, Avengers going to be a good month. So let's get this month started. So you have uh, The Best of Enemies, which looks pretty good. It's starring Sam Rockwell and Mr. Raji P. Henson, which comes out April 5th. 
<coughs> Excuse me. You have, if you want to check out Lizzie McGuire, you have The Haunting of Sharon Tate. That looks really stupid. You have Teen Spirit, which is supposed to be quite good. Um, it's the first directorial debut of um, Olivia Wilde. You have officially Shazam. Shazam comes up comes out April fifth, along with Pet Cemetery. Um, so Shazam had a special viewing yesterday, and that's what I was able to check out. Um, but it will officially be out April fifth. Um, April twelfth, you have Hellboy, Little. Um, in the missing link along with her smell and after then you have moving on um, fast colors breakthrough which is like the god style movie um, you have little woods breaking habits drunk parents in the curse of la llorona if i'm pronouncing that right because apparently i'm not um, you have let's see let's see and then the biggest one of them all to almost finish out the month of April, and that is Avengers Endgame, which everyone in their mama, <sighs> we've been waiting for it. So it it's going to be good. And then we have some, looks like some decent movies coming out in May. John Wick, Pikachu, <laughs> Pet Detective. You have The Hustle. Um, you also have A Long Shot So in The Intruder. So we got some good stuff coming. So... This is good. This is a good time for us. I'm very excited for John Wick. I'm excited for all the movies coming out in the next two months. So to finish off um, my show, I told you today's a very early day. But hey, no worries. It's cool. We still talk for about an hour. We had a nice conversation, right? <clears throat> so like I've said before, I was able to check out Shazam. I'm going to give Shazam. Now, Shazam is presented by DC Universe for those of you who are fans of the comic book um, or Justice League. And Shazam made quick appearances in Justice League, the cartoon. Um, he was never a part of the official Justice League. He was more like they understood that he was a kid and um, they only called upon him if necessary because he has a kid mindset, not a grown adult mindset. Um, but I'm going to – I enjoyed Zachary Levi because he's kind of hot, so that's helpful in its own right. Um I don't know. I'm still kind of, I'm, I want to give this one kind of one thumb up, one thumb down right now. It was funny. That's for sure. Um, the visuals were pretty cool. Um, I felt like the, the villain was a good villain and the whole seven deadly sins situation was good. It didn't move super slow. Um, but it did take a second to kind of get to the point of it all. And there was some definitely some pretty cool surprises. Um, and if you are really a bigger fan of uh, Justice League, then, sorry, not Justice League, of Shazam, you might understand them a little bit better than I did. Um, but they're definitely cool to see. But I really don't know about this one. It didn't blow my socks off. Um, Probably because it was very, it was basic. It didn't keep me super excited, but it did keep me entertained. Um, the plot was pretty simple. Uh, the script was pretty basic. I kind of wish they, f I don't know, without spoiling anything. That's the hard part. Okay. Pretty much the plot was good. The script was funny. Like they finally got the funny part. I think they failed on the dramatic parts and I don't feel like they ever really kind of got back to that. And you kind of don't really know how they can, how they're going to continue. Um, because from my understanding, Shazam creates like a bigger world. Um, but it was definitely funny. I do think the dramatic parts lacked and they, there should have been some dramatic parts. It's a superhero origin story. So there's going to be, some sadness and the, the parts that needed some depth were just there. It was pretty just like, eh, it was there, whatever. Um, definitely funny, definitely entertaining, but the dramatic parts lacked. Um, but it's definitely a step up for DC. So good for them. They're finally getting the comedy, but they're still not getting that good, even keel mix of dramatic and funny and mixing them together to create a really cool origin story. But origin stories in general can kind of be boring because there's not much fighting. It's really them figuring themselves out 
Um, so I feel like that's why a lot of people don't like origin stories. Um, but it was fun. It was definitely a fun movie. I would probably watch it again just to kind of give it another shot. And it also didn't help that we had an annoying person in our theater because this one of those hoes that was laughing way too hard at certain things that weren't that funny. Um, and also would talk back to the screen like, like a five-year-old and she was a grown ass woman. Um, but yeah, overall I would, I definitely recommend checking out Shazam if you're DC fans. Um, I would definitely try and understand Shazam a little bit before you actually go see this into the theater. Because like I said, there's certain things that pop up where only people that are like true fans of Shazam would understand. Um, and of course there are two end credits because, um, DC's learning from Marvel. The first end credit is a mid credit scene. That's the important one. The second end credit is just a funny one. Like they did at the end of, um, Spider-Man and, um, the other ones. So if you want, you can stay And that one's all the way at the end as usual. So, but you can stay. There are two. Um, the first one's more important than the second one, but Hey, second one was pretty funny. So, Thank you all for listening. I hope everyone has a wonderful week. I hope you guys kick some ass. I hope we get through this week. I just realized I got some stuff to do. I got cast in in a table read. So I'm going to have to do some things this weekend. Um, Going to have some fun this weekend because I'm going to go karaoke. So you can't go wrong that way. Can you? I hope everyone has a wonderful week. Let's kick some ass. Let's get it done. Let's push through. Let's rise up this goddamn hill one more time. And we're going to finish out with some Khalid and K. Brown Saturday Night Official Remix. I'm going to talk to y'all later. Once again, drive safe, be safe, be happy. Let's go. Saturday nights, blueberry cigarillos. Swishers make my throat hurt. Rolling up CPs in the side for me. Got them up and let them both burn. Family feud, saying mom's confused. I feel sure she doesn't wanna learn But daddy's gone, say he's never home And wishing only makes it worse I guess there's certain dreams that you gotta keep Cause they'll only know what you let them say And all the things that I know That your parents don't They don't care like I don't Nowhere like I do and all the things that I know That your parents don't They don't care like I do Nowhere like I do Nowhere like I do Nowhere like I do Saturday nights Your work shoes are stiletto Smell a cheap perfume Makeup on your face, try to hide the pain All the lies that look like the truth Deep in your heart, all you want is love But you never felt good enough You got wrapped up in other plans But this ain't the way the story ends I guess there's certain dreams that you gotta keep Cause they'll only know what you let them say All the things that I know that your parents don't They don't care like I do Nowhere like I do And all the things that I know That your parents don't They don't care like I do Nowhere like I do Nowhere like I do Cause I care I care I care about you there's nowhere I'd rather be than right here without you. I care, I care, care about you. There's nowhere I'd rather be with all the things that I know that your parents stole.